up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, a.k.a. Totec and Tambo. Back for another edition of the Thursday Night Football Picks and Bets Show here on the Mayo Media Network. As always, we're brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. If you haven't yet done set or you're done yet or you're new to the show, hit that like button, hit that subscribe, get notified of all the free shows here on the Mayo Media Network. And lots of good shows to come. We've got a lot of great slates. Stay tuned for the end of this show because it's going to be a special one. We're not going to do the main slate. We're actually going to preview the three-game slate on Saturday. Some millionaire makers out for that. Some big tournaments over on DraftKings. But as always, we're going to hop right into it. We've got a Thursday night football game. Going to talk some prize picks first for sure. And it's 49ers at the Seahawks. Total right now sits around 43.5. 49ers are favored on the road in Seattle by three as of this video. So keep an eye on that. Obviously had some unfortunate news last week with Debo going down. Little bit of a fortunate update, though. It sounds like he could come back for the playoffs, so playoff hopefuls for the 49ers. Could be good news later on. Could have been a lot worse, so hopefully he gets healthy. But not going to have Debo, of course. We'll talk about some of these cheaper wide receivers, options like that later on. Waiting on some of the news with the running backs. The latest is Kenneth Walker for Seattle, I should say. Kenneth Walker practiced. DJ Dallas did not. Last week, we saw a mix of Travis Homer and Tony Jones. Did not turn out well for either, really. So we'll move on from that. But let's get into these prize picks. I've got two this week. Feel the best that I probably have all season. I like both these quite a bit. First up, Tyler Lockett, over 60.5 receiving yards. So head on over to prize picks. Hit that one in. He's beat this in four of his last six games. And one of those misses was hitting 60. He needs 60 and a half here. So pretty much five of six. Gino keeps a really tight target tree, so between him, Metcalf, those guys, you're going to see a lot of them going to them quite a bit. The pass rush last week was all over Brady, so we could see some short passes over the middle if they do the same here against Gino for San Francisco, that is, with Bosa back and all that they had. So if you see that, that's sort of how I see Lockett just chopping away at this yardage total. And then if he catches one of those 20 or 30-yard ones, or maybe it's a 50-yard touch, I mean, just game over at that point anyway. So I really like this 60-and-a-half number for him. Moving over to our second prize pick of the week. It's going to be an over as well. It's Christian McCaffrey over 34.5 receiving yards. Funny enough, almost identical to Lockie. You look at his six games here. He's beat this number in four of the six. And the one that he missed on, 34. So we're looking for 34 and a half, basically off by that half point, the hook, like we were with Lockett. So pretty much five of six for both of these guys beating this number. And I think these numbers will trend up by the time. So if you want to pause the video, Go put both of these in. You can do that. You look, last week was a beatdown for the 49ers. They smashed uh, in the spot like we talked about against Tampa. They were up huge. Only three targets and still got the 34 for McCaffrey. But before that, 10, 6, 7, 6, and 9 targets the five weeks previous. We see that again. He'll have no problem at all beating this. And I think when you go in, think about the matchup in Seattle, the fans there, the 12th man, all that stuff. You can have it set up where he could actually get six or more targets on top of the fact that you bring in that now there's no more Debo. So those targets have to go somewhere else as well. So I feel like this number is low based on all that. I know we're back to the over gang, but I like the overs here. So two prize picks for this week. Tyler Lockett, over 60 and a half receiving yards. Christian McCaffrey, over 34 and a half receiving yards. Hit those up. Get them in on prize picks now. If you haven't yet joined, go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit up to your first $100 on the site. All right, so let's move on to Thursday Night Football, DraftKings Showdown, my favorite. I, I love Thursday Night Football Showdown slates. Shipped a couple this season. It's been good to me, so I want to keep 
this trend going. And I like this one quite a bit. I like San Francisco games, like Seattle games, tight target tree over there. San Francisco is usually a bit more spread out, but it gets a little tighter when we lose a guy, unfortunately, like with what we did with Debo. So just looking at it, going to the top, we're going to talk captains, strategies, flex plays, all of that. And like I said, stay tuned for later because we will be breaking down the three game slate on DraftKings as well. But here we go. Looking at the top. So Christian McCaffrey still shows a Q tag, limited participant, but expected to go. He is 17-1 in the captain. So you chuck him in. You've got just over 6,500. Very doable on the slate. I will say that about Christian McCaffrey. I would say he is a huge favorite to end up in the top, especially everything we talked through, the reason I like him on prize picks, all of that but also because we do have value on this slate. I'll talk some of it at the captain, but more so at the flex here. But when you have these value plays that are viable based on injuries and whatnot in the Debo situation, I do think it just makes it more likely that we see one of these guys like McCaffrey, Lockett, Metcalf up in the top. So those are the guys that I would prefer. The one note I'll make just real quick on Gino, because Gino's up here as well, 15-9. I got no problem going to him. I'll probably play him in some, but I'll be way underweight. And here's why. When you have someone like him at quarterback who uses a much tighter target tree, it's likely Lockett or Metcalf, one of the two that has a huge game. Could be Kenneth Walker if he goes and others don't, so on and so forth. I'll talk more on that in a second. But just to note it, for Geno to get there, he has to throw one to Metcalf, one to Lockett, one to somebody random, and maybe run one in. Just making an example up where he really ceilings out and is the guy that's likely to be in the captain versus if it's just Lockett, who catches there, let's say they have two touchdowns and one is on the ground from a goal line touchdown for Kenneth Walker, probably good in the flex, but one is from uh, Tyler Lockett and it's an 80-yard catch. And on the game, he's got six for 120 and a touchdown. That's way more likely to be in the captain slot than Geno. So I would want him in the captain instead. So keeping that in mind, McCaffrey, Lockett, Metcalf clearly all look the best at top. We do have to wait and see. Sounds like Purdy will be able to go, but if not, I think they have Josh Johnson who they picked up and signed off the Broncos practice squad. He is priced up. So DraftKings, you know, didn't make any exceptions here for him. For example, in the flex, Brock Purdy, 9,600. Josh Johnson, 9K. So if you want to pre-build your lineups with Brock Purdy, and then if you do have to swap, you can just go to Johnson. I got no problem. They're not the same guy. It's not really one for one. They're different, but the point would be more so if you want that lineup that makes sense and is correlated with a Brock Purdy, it's not going to be that much of a downgrade to go to the quarterback that ends up starting if for some reason, Purdy was out. Forgot to bring that one up up top. But other than that, not a lot else to look at there. Uh, talking about some other captains here. I talked Lockett Metcalf versus Geno. When you have a quarterback like San Francisco side, so let's say Purdy does play. He is 14-4 in the captain. He does spread it out. So that's where I would like it more of putting a, a quarterback up there because then you don't necessarily have to get every receiver right with them because maybe it's a random that nobody played that gets a short yardage touchdown well it may seem good go back to that Thursday night football month and a half ago or so we did it on this very channel on this very show talking about Houston versus Philadelphia and the the backup it was like Quiterian Tano or whatever he came in he was 200 bucks for Houston he's like the tight end four and he gets a touchdown a short touchdown he was nowhere to be found on the optimal that night so just an example where you could see where Purdy throws that touchdown to someone like him in that example, he's not needed, but Purdy is just adding to his totals up top. So just keep that in mind. Whoever it is, if it's Johnson, you could go there, but just to bring it up, looking at Purdy up top would be pretty interesting. After that, obviously you can go down the board a little bit. Ayuk would be in play with no Debo. He's actually a pretty good price here. I think he's 10, let me see here, 13-2, sorry. He's, uh, I think he's closer to 10 
in the flex. But either way, he is up top. He gives you almost 7,500 average left to put in with him. So if you put the quarterback in, let's say it's Purdy, you still have over 6,800, but now you've got your captain in check with a guy like Ayuk. The one interesting spot, and I normally don't do this, but just to go down to it, a couple different areas here. Um, one is with Jennings. So Jawan Jennings is, what here, 5,400? Yeah, 5,400 in the captain. It's not going to be good if you go and look at his game log. You know, two targets last week, did nothing. But the weeks before that, four, seven, four, two. Like, he's had targets that he can get there. And at 5,400, he leaves you almost 9K left in your flex spots. There's a lot you can do with that. Again, the only downfall to it that I find is everyone plugs in the same values. So if everyone's going to do Jennings and then plug in Smith, Lockett, Metcalf, I love it. But maybe that's different enough. I just don't know if it's different enough is what I'm saying. I love it. I don't know if it's different enough. I'll probably play it maybe in some higher stake stuff. But just to bring up that when you put those three guys in, I guess the only interesting part about that is you would skip over McCaffrey, assuming that he's going to be good to go here. So I don't know. To me, I don't hate it. I just bring that up because sometimes when people play the cheap captains, it's just to jam the same five guys that everybody else is going to. So while you think it's a good way to get there from a points perspective, it is. But it's also very bad as far as the EV goes because you've got similar lineups to hundreds and hundreds of people based on everyone that's plugging that guy in at cheap is just going to fit the same guys in. So it's not really the best strategy. This one, this is a slate where I think you could do it and get a little bit sneaky with it and get away with it. The other couple guys I wanted to talk about in the captain, Robbie Gould. I know they're on the road, but that's just the point of if they get their, their offense is still good. Even without Debo, they've got guys that can move the ball, but you've got already Brock Purdy, a backup to Jimmy Garoppolo, to everything they've had going on with Trey Lance to start the season, just bad luck at the quarterback position. Now maybe Purdy's out would be Josh Johnson off of a Broncos practice squad. That's a tough scene. Everything going on in the Bronco land. Let's ride Broncos County with the, with Russell Wilson there. But either way, pulling a guy over from there doesn't seem ideal. So one thing I will say is if they do struggle when they get in there, it could lead to a lot of kicks coming from Robbie Gould. I think he'd be just fine. He is 6,000. In the captain, last week was his worst week in maybe the whole season. No, pretty close, going back to week six. But before that, 18, 8, 8, 10. All of these in what could be sort of a back and forth, lower scoring game, I definitely think is viable in the captain as a way just to get a little bit more balanced build. And then maybe you don't need to go to those punts that we'll talk about here in a minute in the flex. Last guy that I want to talk about in the captain slot, and I'll probably spread it out a bit more tomorrow. I'm more so doing this from the content perspective to make sure you guys get all the angles. But it's very likely. I'll, I oftentimes, if you guys follow me at rumpiersports.com, talk more on them in a minute as well. But if you guys follow my stuff, I have an attack plan I do over there for every slate, how I'm attacking the showdown slate based on different game perspectives, building for different scripts. But I also talk about my captain usage. And usually five guys or so that I'll play pretty heavy, like 10 to 15% in captain. Most of them are anywhere from three to 10%. So I'm over, I'm at field or overweight on all of them. And then I'll sprinkle in some guys at the bottom. And if I'm, you know, fading big, like a couple slates ago, faded Kyler up top or, or something like that, where others are going that way, I can get different in that sense. I think it was the, sorry, it wasn't Kyler. It was Hopkins. The other night I faded in the captain completely. James Connor hurt me bad. He won the slate, but I faded him completely. I'll make bigger stands there, get overweight in other spots. So I'm mentioning a few captains, but it's mainly just to help you guys through, see how I think about my builds. Kenneth Walker, if he plays, which was at full participant at Tuesday's practice, no more tags. So you got to assume he's playing here. Man, at his price, 11-4 for a starting running back on a team that just wants to run the ball. I know they're an underdog in this matchup, and you could say like that looks legit for sure. 
But anytime a team like this at home, especially in Seattle, where we could see it, and before the last couple of weeks, forget that, eight, four, two, three, he's getting targets too. I definitely think he's viable at 11-4 and would make your build completely unique when most are going to be focused on McCaffrey, Geno, Lockett, Metcalf. That's at least the four guys you would expect to see up top the most. Maybe Ayuk with the fact that he's a little bit cheaper and that Debo is out. So really think Kenneth Walker is interesting. Usually don't love the starting running backs. Just depends on the slate. But this one, I don't mind it at all. So could use him as well. Moving on to the flex. Talked earlier about it. Geno, way more in the flex for me. Talked about it earlier, just about how his target tree is so tight, how I would rather play Lockett and Metcalf. So Geno might be a full fade for me in the captain. We'll see how it shakes out with the final numbers, but that would be why. And so again, I would have a lot more of him in flex. Seattle running backs, just talked about. Not sure how much I'll get to Kenneth Walker, but if I find a Walker build I love for higher stakes or something like that, I could definitely see going there just to be unique against the field with maybe the fifth highest owned option based on my description previous, but maybe top three to be up at the top in the end if they end up running it more than they do passing it. So it's just, again, you're flipping your script that it's not going to be all Geno Lockett, Metcalf because they're down. That's what the numbers say and the spread says with a three-point three underdog, but that doesn't mean how it's going to actually shake out. So definitely don't mind him, but have more of the Seattle-type running backs in the flex, way more of the kickers in the Ds in the flex, not putting, like I said, Gould would be the only guy I would consider up top in the captain for kicker or D, so I'm not playing them up there. Now, let's talk real quick here. So the tight ends, Kittle, way more in the flex for me, I think. Like, just looking at him, his role, I know Debo's going to be out and all that. If he, he does play better in close games. I will say that. I just didn't really consider it. And just looking at some of the numbers on him right now, I just don't see him being a great play this week. So I'm not very high on Kittle, but I'll play him in the flex. Like I said, at that price, 8000 If you get more of that balanced build, I don't hate it. So I like him more in the flex than the captain. If you got there, I understand, but prefer him there. And then the other guys, Fant and Disley on the other side. I prefer Noah Fant, 4,400 bucks. Definitely a fair price. I think when you look back, I know last week, nothing special, no target. Yeah, I think one target and didn't catch it. But before that, he was having some decent games, 14, 6, 6, 15, 11, 8. Decent scores for that price on a slate like this where it's tough to find value. Now, the value I do like, the two guys that I'll mention here just at the bottom, one is going to be Jawan Jennings. Talked about him already. Nothing special last week, but having a 5, 17, 8, and 5 the weeks before, 6.5, like all those are not huge drafting scores, but at 3,600, he doesn't necessarily need that. And keep in mind, in some of those games, Debo was in. So now with Debo going out, I definitely think he's even more valuable. It is the interesting point of he's 3,600, Robbie Gould is 4,000. In your flex, talked about using Gould at the cabin. I prefer to get to Robbie Gould, but if your build makes sense to play Jennings, so if you got the quarterbacks in there, if you're playing a run back to a Seattle onslaught or whatever you're setting your build up like, I would have interest in Jawan Jennings for sure. I'll be playing him in the captain as well. The other guy, Ray Ray McLeod, 28 snaps last week, nothing to show for it from a points perspective, only one target for one catch. He did get three rushing attempts though, which is intriguing. So if they're going to sort of plug him in as a Debo light he's definitely not Debo but I'm saying if they're going to give him rush attempts and some pass attempts and some of what Debo miss, missing Debo alleviates for him he's 1200 bucks you can do whatever you want with him he's a better example earlier of someone that I wouldn't love in the captain because as much as he can make sense up there I just think you run into too many of the same build let's draw it out right quick for two seconds here while we've got it so if we put McLeod he's only 1800 you know McCaffrey Gino Lockett Metcalf you still have money for days left over like to me 
if you build like that, it's fine. But w then you say, okay, well, what if I just leave McCaffrey out and build to leave a bunch of money on the table? True, less likely to be duped. But now you left yourself with a McLeod at captain when it could probably be Lockett at captain because now the difference is just to flip it. The money you left on the table could be likely a much better player with a much higher floor ceiling combination. That's why it gets tricky with these, even though they look good on paper because you just fit all the points in. Now, hopefully that described a little bit of why you can't expect to get very much out of that if that's the case. Again, higher stakes, smaller field. I can see it. I like it. It's unique. I would still probably much rather do it with Jawan Jennings and get just a little bit of a different build. Maybe fade McCaffrey in that build and hope that it's him or something like that. So don't hate it. You can, you can look at these builds more after and see what you get out of them. That's going to do it though, guys. I think for this, this week, I mean, that's pretty much everything covered for this site. You'll have to keep an eye on the news. Of course, gave you some good captain options and then how you could use them. Talked about guys in the flex, some game theory. And then of course you got to build it to your script. So in this case for me, I think it's going to be a pretty close game, lower scoring. That's how I'm going to build it out. If there's another plan that I plan to go with, I will have it over on rumpiersports.com. Good time to bring that up right now before we get into this three-game Saturday slate. If you guys want more of my stuff, you want more premium content, some core plays, guys that I'm actually putting in to my main lineups. This week, I've got the New Orleans Live Final, the Fantasy Football World Championship. So excited to be going down to New Orleans with everybody to play in that. It's a 200-man tournament. I have one entry. $2.5 million up top, 20000 for last place. It's an exciting event to be at. I'm thrilled, but that's one where my, my core plays will be up on the site. I'll talk through it. I'll get it up on the site. So if in the Discord, if anyone has questions, wants to go through it, I'll be in there. If you guys want to add me on Twitter, add me on Twitter, at ToeTagandTambo. You can find me there. Myself and Mayo are putting up a contest. It's been out for a week now. We gave away $500 cash last week for following the steps. Go to Mayo's Twitter, at the PME. He's got all the rules there. Starts with following me on Twitter. Goes down from there. You get more ballots for the for for how many things you do on the list. We gave away five hundred. I'm still giving away another fifteen hundred dollars. So five hundred dollars on this Friday, the sixteenth, and then a thousand dollars will be given away on December twenty third. That Friday, Pat and I will be live in studio celebrating just before Christmas to do our last uh, in studio show before Christmas. I won't be there this week with him because I'll be in New Orleans, of course. But do that stuff. Follow it. Lucky gentleman won $500 just last week on it. We're giving away another $500 and then another $1,000 at the end of the month. Extra stuff. Like I said, you can find me on rumpiersports.com. Let's move on though. Let's do uh, the three-game slate here. So going to talk through it just a little bit. High, high level. Like we just not going to spend too much time digging in, but just going through what I see up front. Sort of maybe how you can adapt to that. But uh, three-game slate for Saturday. We've got, uh, let me see here. It's Buffalo, Miami, Minnesota, Indianapolis. And then the last game. So the first game is Indy Mini. The second game is Baltimore at Cleveland. And then the last game is Miami at Buffalo. I was into the wrong thing here on DraftKings. So I'll get over to the right one while we talk through it. But just to note, three pretty solid games sets up well. I think the Mini Indy game, even though it's the first game, will still bring a little bit of ownership just because You've got it set up with uh, a lot of plays in that game that people have seen go off lately or are affordable and they like. When you get to the latest game, Baltimore-Cleveland division game like Buffalo-Miami, but the same thing where you're going to see guys that people just aren't interested in as much. I'll talk about a couple in there. I have a couple of guys that I'm interested in that game that could separate your lineups a little bit maybe. And in the last game, everyone's going to love it. It's Tua versus Josh Allen. It's got all the pieces. Sounds like Tyreek Hill will be good to go, even though he's nursing a little bit of an ankle injury. But... Point being, all those guys are very expensive. When you look, Josh Allen, 8,300. You go to wide receiver, 
Tyreek, 9,000. Diggs, 8,100. It just gets expensive, so I can see why people may or may not want to go there, but I think this mini indie game will be pretty popular. So starting off at quarterback, couple notes. Tyler Huntley, at practice on Tuesday for the Ravens. Lamar is still going to be out, of course, likely till after Christmas, they said. But it looks like Tyler Huntley could be able to go. He's 5,300. If you wanted to pair him up with Mark Andrews and get after the flop leg there, I wouldn't hate it. I'll probably do that in some. I like that. I think Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen is where most people go. Doesn't They're going there for good reason. They're at home. They're in good matchups. Cousins is only 6,000. Allen is affordable with some of the value pieces we'll talk through. So I can see that. One guy that I think would be interesting, kind of gross, opposite side, He's $100 less than Huntley, too, if people do decide to go there, if he comes back in. But Matt Ryan is 5,200 going up against this Minnesota defense, if you want to call it that. Hasn't had very many great games. 13, 12, 9, 23, 11. But if you go back against Vegas and Jacksonville, 23 and 30, if you get a a performance like that out of him at this price tag, I definitely think he's viable. And he's also opposite Cousins. So with Cousins being only 6,000 and a lot of people going there for Jefferson, and for Hawkinson, who are both going to be popular. Hawkinson's only 5000 Jefferson is affordable, or I shouldn't say that, he's reachable. At 9100 you can get to him no problem. If everyone remembers, the last three-game slate was American Thanksgiving. Jefferson, of course, stole the show when everybody was on Stefan Diggs. Jefferson here now, people I think will switch it up and go to him. So at 9100 I don't blame them. We'll talk about it in a second, but I do see where you could go the opposite side. Go something like Ryan, Pittman, with one of Pierce or or Campbell, uh, tight end if you want, Jelani Woods, something like that, and then run it back with Jefferson. It would give you the same access, but alleviate some more money to use within your roster. Again, you can always leave a bunch of money on these three-game slates as well if you do want to, so I don't hate that. Um, just going through it, the other stuff, running back, looking at this, Nick Chubb is your most expensive. I just don't think he'll be your most popular in that matchup against Baltimore. I know they're at home, all that. He makes for a good tournament play, but I think people go to Jonathan Taylor at 7,200 and Dalvin Cook, both in that same game, maybe not together. Some will definitely play them together, but my point being, people like to focus on the game where the points are, the game where the stacks are, the overstacks, all of that. Those guys look to be the most popular, so I definitely think people will go there. Uh, Singletary? His workload has gone down a little bit. James Cook has taken over some. It's been, you know, last three weeks, five, 11, nine, nothing special. But on a three-game slate, I'll definitely have interest, especially if you think the game stays just a little bit closer. I think that's a spot that you could get to. Raheem Mostert will become extremely popular if Jeff Wilson is ruled out. He was a non-participant on Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not sure if he ended up getting to a practice yet today, recording this on Wednesday late. But either way, here's the thing. Moster would be a good play, but it's still against Buffalo, which can be tough. So if you wanted to go away from him, I like the two guys right below. Dobbins came back last week, didn't get a full workload, but he crushed with the workload he got. 15 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown would be a great pivot off of Raheem Mostert in a good matchup against Cleveland. The other thing, based on it being just a three-game slate, again, not great, but 13-6, 16-11-16 are the carries for Gus Edwards in his last five games for the Ravens. Well, the points on DraftKings haven't been there. Neither have the touchdowns, really. So if he does get one of those games, there was that one game he had, what was it, two touchdowns in it, had 19 DraftKings points. He gets a game like that, he's going to break a three-game slate. He, ha- I have interest in both those guys. Dobbins and Edwards, at most one. You don't need to play both of them. Pick one and roll with it. I definitely like them, especially if either James Cook 
becomes popular because people want to go to the flop lag and want to be involved in that game and he's 4,800 or Mostert becomes popular. I think the other plays above are good plays. We know Taylor and Cook are good plays in their environments, their loads that they get, all of that stuff, their workloads. And then you've got Nick Chubb, who's a good tournament play because he's up there and a little less owned than those other guys. So that's how I'm looking at the running back position. Wide receiver, pretty obvious. Like I said, guys want to spend here. Jefferson, Diggs, Tyreek, Waddle will get some love, but the mid-tier range is where I think you can unload. Like you look at Amari Cooper, we'll see. He's still questionable. He was a non-participant on Tuesday, but if he plays, I've got high interest in him. I'm not that afraid of the Baltimore secondary. He's better at home. We play that narrative sometimes, but it has kind of been true. Uh, People's Jones has been better on the road. He's only 6,100 for Cooper. Amari Cooper, that is, up there. So I like him. If you wanted like a secondary stack, you could do Gus Edwards to get the touchdowns on the ground or or Dobbins if you want to chase it and see if it's repeatable. And then you can go up to Amari Cooper with the uh, secondary stack. So you go a little secondary stack with the running back for Baltimore you choose and Amari Cooper. I like that. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., just too cheap. Don't care. Only four targets last week. That's fine. Before that, seven, six, seven, three, seven. I mean, he's pretty much always getting seven or more. I think he's going to be fine at 5,800. Definitely like him in that game. If you're, if you're playing him, maybe you don't play Taylor at running back, or maybe you play Taylor and Pittman together with Matt Ryan and just try and look look lock down all the offense and look after all of it with one, one set. I don't mind that either. And then Gabe Davis, uh, a talking piece here, 5,000. Last three games slate, he was 5,300 and put up 38 yards on four catches for 7.8 DraftKings points. Been a while. Since we've seen a boom, right? We saw 21 points against Minnesota. Before that, not much since week five where we saw 35. And before that, nothing really since week one where we saw 18. So definitely more risky than most will say. I have tournament interest for sure, just because at 5,000, it's a fair price. It's a way to get access and be able to pay up at running back or quarterback or whatever you want. If you go Josh Allen and don't play Diggs instead. If you want to try it that way, I prefer Diggs, but if you want to get off him, I got no problem going something like Gabe Davis, and then when we get to tight end, going to Knox. I think that's interesting. McKenzie, he broke the slate for the last three-gamer, right? When he played on last three-gamer, it's sad to say this is the number that broke it, but it was very fair. At 4,000, he put up 22.3, so it's not really that sad. It's a decent number, and at 4K, it's an incredible number. This time, the price difference is 4,100. He only went up 100 bucks, but... We have to keep an eye here because I don't even think he's in the DraftKings pool yet because I don't think he was activated yet. He, no, he wasn't. But there was a reunion this week where Buffalo went back and picked up Cole Beasley, signed him. So if they activate him off the practice squad, which is very possible, and the comfortability is there, that could ding McKenzie some where you want to be careful with that. So just keep that in mind. I'm trying to look back. I got off wide receiver for a second here, but we'll go back to it. So keep that in mind. Talked about Campbell and Pierce mixing those guys in with your Ryan stacks or as your run back to your, if you want to do something unique with cousins, if you, if you say, look, he's going to be popular, but I want to play him anyway, cousins, Jefferson, and then maybe you stick with Hawkinson, but instead of running it back with Jonathan Taylor, who's still affordable in that or Pittman, maybe you go to one of Pierce or Campbell. And that's what sets you up just a little bit different on the slate. Remember, go back to the Detroit slate. We talked about earlier, people used Jefferson instead of Diggs but they also used McKenzie instead of Gabe Davis was at 5,300. But even still, a lot of people that played McKenzie didn't play Diggs or him. And that's the leverage play, right? Like on that slate, instead of playing Davis, they played McKenzie. And since they were playing McKenzie and not Diggs, 
they played Jefferson, who has at a similar price point where most people would have Jeff would have digs in those lineups. So just little things like that that you can do throughout a small slate to find your edge and get ahead of what the rest of the field is doing. KJ Osborne, I don't know, kind of interesting. Got five targets last week, so it feels like chasing, but I could see it here. But again, a way to get different on a three-game slate. It's definitely something you could attack. And then the last two for me tie together, but Wilson Jr. and Sherfield, both on Miami, both cheap enough. Don't love them. Don't see any reason that you have to go crazy with them, but it's kind of off and on. Look at Sherfield, four targets last week, did nothing with it. 1.7 DraftKings points, but he's had a steady four, three, five, five, three targets. And if you look, it's been a pattern off and on. Before last week's 1.7, 14.5. Week before that, 5.3. Before that, 16.3. I don't believe in that at all. My point there is more of, does he have the ability to quote unquote boom for a $3,400 price tag? I think so. If you get that 15, 16 points, that's amazing at $3,400. So I don't hate that. Cedric Wilson, not as interested, but again, two targets last game. He can pick you up a few points. I I prefer Sherfield way more over him, but if you landed on Wilson, I wouldn't have a problem with it. He's more in consideration if for some crazy reason, Tyreek gets ruled out. And then lastly at the top, I think the Q tag on Tyreek will keep people off him just a little bit. Why play him? Why play him, quote unquote, when you can just go play Jefferson for a hundred bucks more? That's what we just did on the last slate three gamer that we've talked about a couple times on the show with Diggs and Jefferson. Don't need to go to Jefferson when you can just play Diggs in the nut spot. Everyone said it. Diggs is a smash spot here. He was not. Isaiah McKenzie was the smash spot. So Diggs saved that game, got 21.7. But if you remember, it was a lot late in that game that he did. So there was a chance he got none of it. And in the case of this one, even going back at Diggs, 6, 22, 21, 14. It's not like he's beating up this price tag all the time anyway. So I could see just going to Tyreek as the squeeze play for the middle there, assuming that he plays. All right, lastly, before we'll do defense on this one because we're not doing the, the Friday show with Mayo and I, but for tight end, real quick. Hawkinson, very popular last week, should stay that way. Mark Andrews, could be some flop lag. If you want to go there, especially, I, I want him more if Tyler Huntley starts. And then that's just this little secondary combo. Huntley-Andrews, if you want to run it back with another Q tag, Huntley has the Q tag right now, you could run it back with Cooper if he plays. So Amari, that is. So I, I don't hate that. Njoku, looks like he could get a little bit popular. Does have a Q tag, but he was limited on Tuesday. Should be good to go for this week. He's just 4,200. And then again, Dawson Knox never really shows it, but last week he did... Two of the last four weeks now with 14 or better, 9.7 and 12, 9 and 12.7 the weeks before that. I know people make fun of it a little bit, but I prefer to pair him with Allen if going there. So not a lot more. If you want to go to someone like Jelani Woods and just take a shot, it's been a little bit more steady these last few weeks, four, nine, and three targets. Of course, the game he had nine, he smashed and got 17.8. We know it's in him to do it. It's just whether or not they go to him and they have a lot of other guys there as well. So it's always tough when you've got Mo Ali Cox, Granson, some other guys. So uh, I don't love it, but I could see why people would go there. And if he got there, I, I wouldn't hate it either. So, and then keep an eye, Durham Smythe, he's in there from uh, Miami. He was limited on Tuesday. It is a quad knee injury. So always a little bit worrisome, but that would at least open up a little bit more for Gasecki. He has been very bad the last five or six weeks, but he's got 24s and 12s and 15s in there. So I could see going to him too, but I, I don't love it. I like the guys I talked about off the top. I think there's plenty of ways to get different with roster construction and at those other positions. And then lastly, defense, sort of plug it in if you want. I wanted to make just a couple quick notes, but Buffalo seems popular. 2700 bucks going up against Tua and Miami. 
at home in Buffalo. There's supposed to be snow. There's all the talk. I didn't talk about this off the top, but the talk about how Miami needed the heaters in San Diego. So they're going to be freezing cold in Buffalo where there's potential weather and snow and all this. So either way, I'm not going to lean into that too much, but that's something to keep an eye on just on the week as it goes on because the weather will affect the game. Could be more running, less passing, less, you know, all, all these factors, less kicking for showdown. We have to wait and see what happens with that. You could use Miami in the same game. Look, if it's going to be, if everyone says it's going to be Buffalo because of the weather, let's say we get to Saturday and that's the narrative, then it could just as easily be Miami. It's not like Josh Allen has been incredible lately. If you go back and look, or I, I shouldn't say incredible, mistake-free, but even the last two, three of his last four games, 20, 17, and 12 DraftKings points with two fumbles, with three, what's he got? Three, four, five, six, seven, seven interceptions in his last six games. Like, this is definitely a spot you could target him with Miami. And don't be afraid to play a Buffalo skill position player at wide receiver or tight end or something like that against the Miami D. Hell, you could even play Josh Allen with Dawson Knox and the Miami D. Because who cares? You're just punting tight end. It's cheap. And really, if the D does their job, it would just bring Josh Allen right back onto the field. So I've got no problem with that. I think it's actually won three-game slates before with Josh Allen multiple pieces and the defense against him. So uh, we saw it plenty of times back in the day where uh, the T- Tampa Bay had Jameis Winston. You could play the defense against them all the time. And that would just spark Winston to throw two more picks and two more touchdowns. And he would get all the points. The picks don't really hurt him that much, but they really do help the defense on a three game slate with only six D's to choose from. It definitely makes a huge difference. And then lastly, Baltimore just wanted to bring them up because they're only 300 bucks more then the Bills, they are on the road. It is in Cleveland at the dog pound. It's a tough place to play. But look at the numbers. These are the DraftKings ones. I'm doing a little bit of game log watching with these Ravens. 11, 6, 5, 27, and 10 in their last five games. So I definitely think Baltimore is viable. Going to the other ones are fine too. Play whoever you want. It's defense. My point is more trying to keep an eye on what others are doing and what I can look to do against it. I would focus much more on your entire roster construction first get it the way you want it, and then land where you land on defense. We made good arguments for at least three of them there, and there's other arguments to be made as well, so I don't have a problem with that. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Appreciate you guys watching, going through everything for this show. Hopefully this was helpful. Drop a comment in below if you have anything you want to add for future shows, anything you liked, don't like, always trying to get better and make this content better for you. Of course, hit that like button. Hit the subscribe. Go to Twitter. Follow myself, at ToeTagandTambo. Follow Mayo if you don't already. I'm assuming you do, but at the PME. The reason I say his, if you go on his, it'll have the breakdown where it's got all the things you can do to win the remaining $1,500 cash. Free giveaway, PayPal sent, money, cashola for Christmas bonus. So think about uh, Christmas vacation, my bonus. That's what we're trying to give away this week. So you got it. Friday, $500 more. Next Friday, the one after this, December 23rd, a thousand big ones will be given away. Find all my other stuff over at rumpuresports.com. Sign up now. It's all sports, one price. I recommend the monthly option so you can actually get in the Discord, get ingrained with the sort of people that we have in there, the the community. Find out what you want to play as far as sports are concerned. Get involved in as many as possible. See what you can do from there. Ask questions, get answers. That's going to do it for this week though, guys. I'll be back next week to talk you through next week's Thursday Night Football Slate and another show before the Christmas break. I wish you all a happy holidays then, but stay safe. Keep doing what you do. Let me know if you guys need anything. Follow me on Twitter. Other than that, thanks and good luck.